So, uh, hey, my name is Eddie Herrera. Um, I want to open us, open us up in prayer real quick. Uh, so if you'll just uh, join me. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you because you're here. We thank you because you created us. We thank you that we look like you. We look like you, Dad. Um, uh, Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that you uh, made it possible for us to know the Father. Jesus, we thank you that you made it easy for us to imitate you. Thank you that we made it, you made it easy for us to know you. Jesus, we thank you that you make yourself available to us. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you that you not only forgive us for what we did, but you forgive the sins that have been, even been done against us. That grace and forgiveness abounds in our life. That we can enter into that kind of lifestyle with you. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. And Holy Spirit, uh, dear friend, I, I just invite you into this time. That you would be here, that you would convict, that you would encourage, that you would enlighten, that you would uh, highlight, that you would empower, that you would comfort. I just sense that you're up to something so sweet, so good this morning. Lord, as we pray, as we're together, as we are listening for you, uh, will you make it clear to us what you desire? for us, that you're not asking anything from us this morning, but the Holy Spirit, you desire something for us. So for those that need comforted right now, I pray for comfort. Holy Spirit, come, come. For those that need uh, strength and pep and encouragement, would you come? For those who have not felt joy in a long time, Holy Spirit, come. For those who have been faithful and have been walking with you and just desire a deeper anointing, a deeper, deeper walk with you, to know more of you, to experience you again, to experience you more right now, Lord, we just ask that you would release your presence and power over them, that they would be empowered in wisdom and creativity into the spaces that they're supposed to be, leaders in. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so guys, I work in the gas and oil industry. I've been working there for about a year and a half, and uh, this week, uh, something really kind of peculiar happened to me. You know, I kept calling this lady, and this lady's like, hey, uh, you know, sorry I've been, like, ignoring you all summer. My son was getting married, and I get ignored a lot, right? I mean, I get ignored a whole bunch for, like, years at a time at this point, right? And so she's calling me up, and I'm like, hey, do you want to sign this document? You know, you want to sign this, this contract? And she goes, I'll sign the contract only if you have lunch with me. And I said, yeah, I mean, I love, are you paying for lunch? She's like, yeah, I'm paying for lunch. And then she's like, hey, I made a reservation at this place. And I look up the place, and it's like $25 salads. You know what I mean? And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm, I can't actually pay for this. You know, and I was like, you don't have to buy me lunch. You know, let's meet at Starbucks. She goes, I hate Starbucks. Are we signing this thing or not? You know? And I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, we're having lunch. You know? And so because it's in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, I have to actually get another coworker to come and notarize. I notarize in Ohio, but I can't notarize in PA. And so he comes, and I'm like, dude, Steve, I was like, you got to come notarize this thing. And Steve's like, listen, I'm coming to notarize, but I'm not eating lunch. Like, he's like, I'm just going to, like, stamp, 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 you know, sign, and I'm out. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll take the bullet, you know what I mean? And uh, so we show up, and guys, it's like 
go out to your anniversary dinner fancy. Okay, it's like, it's like Bender's fancy, you know, and I'm like a little uncomfortable, you know, I like, I'm like tucking my shirt in, you know, I'm like, okay, and we sit down, and we sign all the documents, we notarize everything, Steve's like, I'm, this is weird, I'm out, you know what I mean, so he like stands up, he's out, and uh, the lady's, uh, she's really friendly, she's like, hey, you know, are we gonna have lunch, and at that point, it's like, um, it's one of those places that's like an hour to have lunch there, you know, and I'm like, I could just split, but I was like, yeah, no, I said I have lunch, let's have lunch together, we sit down, we have lunch, and for over the next hour, uh, you know, she's talking to me about her son, and about her family, and about the brokenness of the, her family, and because, you know, her, this contract involves her family a little bit, and she's talking about that, and uh, we're just going back and forth, and at some point, we landed on just friendship, what a beautiful thing friendship is, and she, we're finishing up lunch, and she goes, hey, listen, I feel like I'm talking to an old friend. You know, and I was like, me too. I was like, honestly, I was like, I do. And we walk outside, and she goes, goes, goes left, and she goes right, and she goes, wait, 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 let me give you a hug. And she gives me a hug, and she says, thank you. She just held me. Like, she's like, uh, you know, my mom's age. She just holds my, like, my shoulders, and she goes, she goes, thank you for your time. And then she went her way, and I'm like, well, thank you for lunch. You know what I mean? That was awesome. You know what I mean? And we go, and, and I just, I, it struck a chord for me as we were talking about uh, who, you know, we're going through the series of where you at, where you at, in the sense that a theology of places where God came into our world, and then Jesus comes into our life, and th- so there's a location of where God is, right? God didn't have to, but he comes and leaves his comfort, his security, his convenience, and his inconvenience, but in love, into our world, and then Jesus desires, he stands at the door and knocks, and desires to come into our life, right? He, he's constantly making, although he's a gentleman, he's constantly making an invitation to your life, right? He's always knocking. I think often we're like, well, I'm the one that should be knocking and asking and seeking out God, and we only seek out God because he sought us out first. Like, we're, we're only looking for God because God has been looking for us and made himself incredibly available to us first. And so, um, we've been going through this, and we, today, you know, it's, um, it, we're talking about where you at as far as it concerns work, right? As far as it concerns uh, where, what you do uh, for your life, you know, I guess to make money in some ways. And I want to define that a little bit. So, uh, but anyways, my name is Eddie. Um, I am uh, married to creative, protective, mama goose type Nicole. Some of you guys know her. Um, blessed by our six-year-old son Jonah. Amazingly surprised by twin baby girls. They're three now. Uh, they're entering a, a very talkative stage. It's very challenging. And, uh, and Third Street is our home church. This is our church. Uh, for, it's been our church for the last year. And uh, on any given Sunday after the sermon, uh, during response time, Nicole and I like to call the back left corner the cave. So we go to the cave, and in the cave, we'll just stand there and we pray for you. Like, we desire to hear God's heart and his mind for you, and so we just sit there and wait. I mean, honestly, half the time, we don't even know what we're going to pray about. Half the time, we don't even ask you what you want prayer for. We just sit there and we just wait, and God is so good. He has so many thoughts about you. He desires to spend time with you. He knows you better than we know you, and so when we go to pray for people, when we go to pray for you, it's just this thing where we're just, we get to connect with God's heart for you, and so, uh, so feel welcome uh, to the cave anytime, you know. Um, so God makes himself man. Uh, he makes himself available. Uh, creator enters his own creation. And uh, relationally, God desires to enter into our own life. Uh, he stands at the door and knocks, as I said. And I wanted to pick up in a place. This is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Only followed up by the next chapter, and then followed by the next chapter. It's John 14. 
and then 15 and 16. And in this place, Jesus is talking to his closest, his closest friends. And uh, something that really peculiar that has nothing to do with the sermon, but I just find, find it so peculiar. Uh, Judas is going to betray Jesus. Jesus hangs out with these 12 men for years, three years, and the 12 men never see who his favorite is. That's, at one point, they go, hey, Jesus, who's your favorite? And they, they can't, they're like, oh, surely I'm the favorite. I mean, he loves me so much. And the other one's like, no, 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 listen, I get to sit beside him to the right of him more often. Like, it's me. And the other one's like, but he's called things out in me that, like, you have no idea. And he's like, I'm his favorite. But not only could nobody decide which one the favorite is, nobody knew who was going to betray him either. Right? I think we sometimes feel like Judas is like this standout bad person. But in reality, he's one of the guys to the very last moment. And so he has just left to go betray Jesus. And, Jesus, and, and the guys don't even know why he left. And Jesus looks at his people and he begins talking these words to the, to the, to the eleven. To the faithful eleven. And he's saying, hey, I'm leaving. Right? So imagine that, that you and I, were, we're having a, a conversation at dinner, and we're like breaking bread, and we're during festival times, and we're having dinner, and I'm like, hey guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, be gone. You know what I mean? And my friends are like, wait, I don't even understand. Let's take it to Jesus, right? Jesus is talking to his friends, and he's like, I'm about to leave for a completely better and bigger purpose. I'm about to leave. And they don't understand what's going on. Like, they're like, where are you going? Like, what are you talking about? And this is where we pick up. Jesus is talking to 11 men that have had their own uh, jobs. They've had their own, um, their own trades. You know, they, these are grown men, you know, all, or almost grown men. And he's talking to them, and he says, uh, we'll pick up in verse 5. He says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus, in his kindness, he's like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. He goes, what are you, he's saying, like, Thomas, have we not been doing this for three years? And I feel like it was just any question that is in the Bible, I often flip to me and to you. Like, he's like, I've no, you've, known, you've known Jesus for like 10 years. You've known Jesus for like 20 years. He's like, do you not understand what this is about? Do you not understand what I'm trying to do? Jesus is saying, I, if you've known me, if you've been knowing me is the, the right terminology. Jesus says, if you've been knowing me, you've been knowing the Father. And so Jesus really kicks off the first section of this going, hey, to know Jesus is to know the Father. To see Jesus' life, and hi Nicole, to see Jesus' life, to see his actions is to see the Father's actions. Jesus comes into this world and mimics everything he knows of the Father. It's like, there's something so precious about this father-son relationship, okay? A very small picture whenever you catch a father and son in a moment, okay? Or a mother and daughter in a moment, mother-son in a moment. Like this parent-child relationship, there's something incredibly beautiful and jam-packed with richness, this relationship between the father and the son. And Jesus is saying, everything that I have seen my father eternally doing, I'm, I came to do. All of the actions, he's like, kind of like cracking open and giving you a background information. Like he's like grabbing the curtain and going, I want you to look behind the curtain what we're trying to do. Jesus is giving you an insider look at what he came here to do all, all together. And so 
another guy pipes up, right? Because they're not understanding. And Philip, Felipe, said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. I mean, Jesus, once again, is so kind. You know what I mean? Probably wants to backhand him, but he doesn't, right? He just says, hey, listen to me. Philip. He says, don't you know me, Philip? Again, that's the question. Hey, don't you know me? Haven't, haven't you been knowing me? I'm, and I'm talking to some of you who have been knowing him for a long time. You've been knowing about Jesus for a long time. Like we've been knowing about Jesus for way too long and not known him. Like not known his heart, his mind, his thoughts, to imitate his life, to be knowing him, not to know about him. He says, don't you know me? He goes, I have been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us who the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? He said, how can you say, show me the Father? And I would say this, and uh, Jesus is still making another point. He's trying, to, um, he's trying to reinforce something here. He's saying, if you saw Jesus, if you see his words and you see his life, there is, he, he is so much like his dad. He is so much like his dad. I, I know this has nothing to do with it, but I just want to say you're so much like your dad. You're, you are so much like your dad. You look like your dad. You talk like your dad. You, and I'm not talking about your earthly dad, because for you, some of you, that might be a little broken. For some of you, that might be a little hurting. But it's your heavenly father, right, that you look like your heavenly father, that you, that you have the heart of your father in you. That he calls you daughter, he calls you son, right? That Jesus is trying to, to make himself, though, at the center of that theology. He's not trying to just go directly to you. He's making it like, he's like, Jesus is like, I've positioned myself humbly under the Father's rule, under the father, Father's command, right? Jesus is putting himself right with us, fully God, fully man. And he's saying, the words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who has done, doing the work. He's saying, it's not that the, what I am saying, I am, uh, you know, the, the Father is, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing it. He's not saying I'm doing it, and, and it's the Father who encouraged me and empowered me to do it. He's saying, the Father has spoken through me. I have become an, uh, he's saying, Jesus, Jesus, okay, is saying, I'm emptying myself of myself. And the Father is now passing through. Jesus, though, I mean, come on, I mean, um, for some of us, you are so able. You are such a great leader. You're so capable. And you're like, oh, God empowered me, and he's empowering me to go and do. And Jesus is like, that's not how it works. You are going to rid yourself and empty yourself of yourself, and then the Father is going to use you as a vessel, as a tool, to speak through you. Sometimes you open your mouth, you don't even know what you're going to say, but something comes out that's not even a, from you, right? Like you're on the way out, and you say goodbye, and you say, hey, by the way, like, and you say something of encouragement. It, it's always a good tell when there's, a, there's life-giving, there's encouragement, especially when you begin when you are early in becoming a vessel of God, let it be completely positive. Maybe later on as you mature and as you grow, there's uh, places for challenge. There's a place for you to speak more, uh, um, there's a more truth or more convicting or more encouraging. But as, as you begin to allow yourself to be a vessel, it's really important that you uh, stay in the positive realm for a while. 
until you learn how to be a vessel fully. You know, full of grace and full of truth. All right? It, it's one, right? But just be full of grace for a season if you're beginning that lifestyle. So Jesus is saying, I'm emptying myself of myself. The Father is the one who is saying these things. He's the one that's doing these things. That's not me. God, the Father, you know, he, he's the one that's doing it. He didn't make me do it. He's doing it. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. You have been forgiven. You have been made whole. You have healed. You have seen your family heal. You've seen your mother heal. You've seen your friends transform. You've seen the, the power of God. You've seen the power of God work. And he's going... Okay, fine, don't believe me. Believe in the actions themselves. Now, if we go to the Bible, Jesus is going, look at all the things I just did. I just fed 5,000 people like that. Right? I would have loved to be there. I'd love to taste of Jesus' food. Right? I'd love to taste of what he's up to. What, what is Jesus serving up? I would love to be there. I was praying for somebody once, and I heard the Lord be like, hey, tell her that I want her to multiply food. She's called to, to South, Central and South America. I wish she was here today. And I know that God has called her to multiply food. Like, that is her role in life. And I don't, I mean, honestly, my flesh is like, that's kind of strange. But my spirit's like, that's very possible. And God is capable of doing something through, in and through her. And so the reality, he's going, hey, fine, if you don't believe me, he's like, believe in all the things you've seen. Believe in all of the things that have happened to you. How many things have happened to you? I mean, come on. That God has done, the miracles, the wonders. There should be like a, a, a space that's full of wonder and awe of just how good the Father is. He says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than this because I am going to the Father. That's where he's going. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me anything in my name, and I will do it. Just take a moment for me. Take a moment with me. And just picture uh, Dad and Jesus hanging out. I mean, I love this stuff, guys. I, lo I love this stuff. Like, what does God the Father and Jesus spending time together look like what does that look like uh, there are promises for you in the father and son hanging out whatever you think that looks like that is what he wants you to be part of ever come across like a, a really like healthy like beautiful marriage that like it's that it looks like they are so in tune and they know each other so well um, and they've been through a lot of hard things together uh, Nicole's grandparents celebrated uh, like 50 60 years of marriage together something crazy like that and and it it was beautiful to watch them together something enduring something lasting there's a connection, there's this, there's this understanding, there's this history. 
uh, and, and the more you know their story, the more you realize there's this broken and these beautiful and these high topics and these low, low moments, and they last a long time, right? We're in this, in this, in this journey, and sometimes the hurt, the hurt lasts a long time. And, and sometimes the, the good moments are a long time too, and there's just these valleys and mountaintops. There's this connection. I just want you to imagine how much the Father and Jesus have, have lived together. I honestly didn't have that as a thing to talk about this morning. I just, it is the, the desire and the passion in my heart to partake in whatever the Father and Jesus are up to. Come on, you know that. Between each other. And he says, you may ask for whatever you want in my name. I won't give it to you. He's like, I'm hanging out with the one who can everything. Who can do, who can give, who can provide everything. Creator entered creation. He is the master of it. He's like, I'll give you whatever. But this, this is where it becomes real. And this is what Jesus is really trying to do here. This is where it solidifies. This is where you come in. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And now he's going, I came into the world, the Father sent me, and now I'm sending one. And that's where you come in. And if they know me, they know the Father. And if they know you, they know me. And if they know me, they know the Father. He's like, this is not something that you need to force. Don't go to work tomorrow, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, or you're working in an industry, or you're working as a social worker, or you're working in, you know what I mean, in, in, in making, creating things. Don't go to work tomorrow and force something. He's saying, if they've been knowing you, they've been knowing me, and if they've been knowing me, they've been knowing the Father. You don't have to force anything. Your call if you're going from your dorm room to the chapel to class to an internship, that is your call. That is your high call. Right here every Sunday, this is Corey's high call. The gas and oil industry in this season is my high call. And we live and we don't force anything. We live amongst our friends. We live amongst our family. What I mean by that? is that we learn to be old friends with the people we encounter. Because if they've been knowing me, they've been knowing Jesus. But sometimes, if they've been knowing Jesus, like Lois, like the lady I met with for lunch, they've been knowing me. There is a family available to us. If you and I can catch on to this culture, creating a culture together, You've been knowing Jesus? I've been knowing you, bro. What's your name? Robert. I know so much about Robert because he knows Jesus. I know about Robert's capacity. I know about the desire for leadership that he has over his life. I know about the struggles. I know that God has set Robert apart. I know that he shouldn't be alive, but he's alive today. I know that he is providing fatherhood and motherhood to him in a new way. But I've never met Robert in my life, but I've been knowing Jesus, so I've been knowing Robert. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. 
This is where he just puts a bow on the whole thing. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live in you also. You will live, and on that day you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And he's saying to you, your little orphan heart can begin to heal now. That feeling of loneliness and the feelings of despair and the feelings of depression. He goes, I want to come into all of that. And I want your sonship and your daughtership to be what really creates in you a new reality. That you would know that you are with me and I am with you. That you don't need to force it when you go to work. Guys, when you look at Jesus' life, you have an opportunity to practice imitation. His living life, his living life, imitation. And so find yourself in one of these seasons. Your living life, his living life, imitation. Some of you are like, I came to know Jesus. I'm starting to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus now. And he's saying, I want to encourage you and to live into a life of imitation. Where you imitate his life, you realize that Jesus was so good at loving people. He was so good at speaking truth and speaking love all at once. He was so good at being intentional. And if he saw the need and he saw the hurt in the people in his life, he didn't just pass by it. He, he like, you know what? What's wrong? You know what I mean? He didn't ignore the things he saw. If you're at school, don't ignore the things you see. You see a lot. Some of you are very observing of the things that are happening in your life, of the people that are hurting around you. Are the people that are lonely, are the people that are alone? And in, instead of going the route of forcing something, he's going, I'm making people available to you that need you. And don't walk past her. Stay here. This is your opportunity. This is the opportunity that God has given you. The things that you see. The things that you've been seeing. So imitate the life of Jesus. Imitate the life of Jesus. For another you, uh, some of you, you're in a season where you need to practice surrender. It's the Jesus on the cross. Jesus is ridding himself of himself, and he's going, maybe you need to get rid yourself of yourself. Jesus is saying, I rid myself of myself on the cross, and I surrendered. I even surre- Jesus even surrenders the most precious thing to Jesus is connection with his Father. And on the cross, he goes, my God, my God, wife, are you... Why have you forsaken me? He, he separates himself from the most precious thing to him. And he, he practices surrender, and he's going, okay, now you, you practice surrender. You surrender the areas of your life that are getting in the way. You surrender the areas that create separation. He goes, feel those areas, encounter those areas, engage with those areas, and then surrender, be like, Jesus, I want to give you that area. I want to bring that area to you. Whether it's a distraction that you're consuming and an obsession that's consuming ev- you or, or, or an addiction that's consuming everything, right? He's like, practice surrender and knowing that there is power in the cross. And he wants you to surrender that. Maybe you, some of you are in that season right now as it comes to Jesus. Like, I surrender. I surrender my life. I surrender my will. I surrender my dream. What, what, what do you want? Because honestly, at the end of the day, God's dream for you, you have little dreams compared to his dreams for you. 
your plans for yourself, but he's got bigger plans for you. He, he desires more for you than you desire for yourself. God is doing for you more than you can do for yourself. Hallelujah. And for some of you, I feel like it's a few of you in here. He wants you to practice resurrection. That we read these words, and Jesus is in a room with his best friends, but Jesus already died and rose again. And now that you see the big picture, he's saying, practice resurrection. There are things in relationships in your life and situations and business in your life that is dead. And he's saying, and I want to bring it back to life. I want to bring your health back to life. I want to bring your situation back to life. I want to bring that relationship with your friend, with your father-in-law, with your boss. I want to bring that back to life. Places that are dead that you're like, no, they're dead. And Jesus is like, they're not dead. They just haven't been resurrected yet. You practice resurrection where there is wholeness and healing and restoration of relationships, of the physical, of the spiritual, of the financial, of the cognitive, right? He wants, to res he wants you to practice resurrection in every area of your life. And I'll finish with this. This is the verse. I'll finish with the verse. He says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them, and I will show myself to them. And he says, you know what? It's not about if they've been knowing you, they've been knowing Jesus, and if they've been knowing Jesus, they've been knowing the Father. He goes, it's about the fact that when you enter into this relationship, I promise you myself. He's saying, it's a promise. I am going to spend time with you. And everything else will come. It's a promise. And so I just had this, this, this picture in my head, go with me here, of a clock like that. And I saw two clocks, 12 a.m. to 12 p.m., 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. And I thought to myself, some of you wake up at 5, 6, 7, 8 a.m. And it's time to get kids ready. And it's time to make breakfast. And there's an opportunity to love. And you can uh, drop off your kids, and you can, in this season of your life, speak into them words of identity. In this season, when they're little. I say to Jonah, Jonah, you are strong, you are smart, you are kind. Yes, from the help, all right? Strong, smart, kind, brave, ready. And he, at the age of five, was like, oh, Dad, I want to be vigilant. You know? And I was like, you don't even know what vigilant means. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, it's like vigilante. And I was like, kind of, not really. You know what I mean? And so he's strong, smart, kind, brave, ready, and vigilant. And I say that to him on the way out, right? I love him. We, we, I, I take him to school. And, you know, the girls are like, uh, I think they're like, you know, lovely, beautiful, and smart. And now we're going to get into the tough and the brave and all that, you know. And I speak words of life into their life. And they go to school. And then from my 9 to 5 or whatever our work looks like, if we work outside the home, um, I would say that uh, I have an opportunity to live into love, and the way I live into love is through friendship. Friendship is the name of the game. That if I go to work, and I leave work, and there's no friendship happened between those periods of time where I'm working, I miss the point. I miss the point of my life. Because friendship is the avenue that God uses for what is happening between the Father and the Son is friendship. Now think about what friends do. They enjoy, they laugh, they play, they wrestle, they fight it out, they argue, then they get back together and they hang out. And so, I don't want to miss it. We come, back, we come home 
And if you're working, and you're a stay-at-home mom, you're stay-at-home, you know, dad, you're working in the, in the workplace, wherever, and you, we pick up our kids, and we, at 5 p.m., you know, we, we love by washing dishes. We love by helping cooking with the cooking. We, we love by uh, um, learning to go slow and to realize that, and I asked my wife that, I was always like, what does it look like to live life according to what Jesus is up to as a stay-at-home mom, and she said, I have, a, I have a, uh, an agenda, and it's flexible, right? And I was like, that's a good word for you guys. It, it's like, I have an agenda, and I have things to accomplish, and I have things to do, but I'm also flexible to the things that I'm seeing, the th- to the things that God is up to, that Jesus is up to something. For those of you who stay at home, mom, will you join Jesus in what he's up to? There's an agenda, but you're flexible. And for those who work outside the home, are you willing to be inconvenienced by Jesus? Because Jesus is often in the inconvenient places. But what you're being promised is love, that there is this sense that God wants you to live into. What does love look like? That when you put your kids to bed, what does love look like? You know, when you get up at 3 a.m. to take care of a sick kid, what does love look like? Then when you take a call from a friend and it's not a convenient time, what does love look like? When you go slow and you learn to be kind to yourself and you stop working so hard and pushing so hard and striving so hard and you say, I'm going to rest, what does love look like? That at the end of the day, Jesus is saying to you, as a promise. He's saying, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to him. And what he's saying is, my command is love. That's it. That the Father, and I end with this, the Father loves you so much that he makes Jesus available. And that Jesus loves you so much that he makes the Holy Spirit available. And the Holy Spirit makes you, uh, he loves you so much that he makes himself available to you all the time. That whatever you feel in your heart, in your belly this morning, what you know right now is the Holy Spirit. He is at work. He's the one who's sorting things out. He's the one that wants to comfort you. He's the one that wants to help you and go, hey, slow down. Let's spend some time together. He's the one that wants to fill you with boldness. He's the one that wants to fill you with fight of a different kind. He's the one that wants to fill you with new motherly love and new fatherly love and new brotherly love. He's the one that wants to speak to you that you are intelligent, that you are not only intelligent, that you are brilliant. That he sees you. That he knows you. That he cares about what you're going through. That he has you in a process. That your children are not a mistake that your children are an inheritance. And yes, that your children are hard, but that they will reap benefit time and time again in your life. 
that you did not go to the wrong school, that you did not take the wrong class and you're not seated in the wrong seat, and you're not going to the wrong church, but he has you and you're right smack in the middle of his will. You are, and find comfort in this, you are exactly where he wants you to be. And he just wants you to sit in that with him. He just wants you, he's inviting you to sit in the broken, to sit in the hurt, to sit in the love, in the comfort. He just wants you to sit in it. Don't worry about what you're supposed to do tomorrow at work. You don't worry about who you're supposed to be. He's like, just sit in it with me. My promise is that I'm coming and I'm just gonna 